Pastor Ray Bentley with observations today on how to navigate the road of life. Why is it every time I grab the wheel, I crash? And when I let the Lord take the wheel, we stay on the road. Well, after so many getting ran over by the bus of life, there comes a time when you go, maybe my instinct is to grab the wheel. Maybe I'll let the Lord be in charge and control. It's something that you learn by experience. Spread Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ soon return. The whole gospel to the whole world. Life is a rocky road, and sometimes we have to trip over the rocks before we learn life's lessons. Today, Pastor Ray points out that the Lord uses the rocky road to teach us to trust Him and to smooth us into the people best suited to do His work. We're in the Gospel of Luke, continuing our in-depth studies. Luke chapter 18, and beginning in verse 18. This is the story of Jesus and what is known in one of the other gospels as the rich young ruler. And uh, so let me just read verses 18 through 23 and then make some comments about it. Verse 18, it says, Now a certain ruler asked him, Jesus, saying, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, and that is God. You know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor your father and mother. And he said, all these I have kept from my youth. So when Jesus heard these things, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell all that you have and distribute it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come, follow me. But when he heard this, he became very sorrowful for he was very rich. And off that young man goes. I wanna mention a, a couple of things. First of all, what's the root issue that's going on. This man's heart reveals a struggle that was going on. And it may be a struggle that's in some of our hearts tonight. And I like, on the one hand, this young man's honesty as he comes to the Lord. Perhaps he was disturbed. You know, there were two schools of thought. There were the Pharisees that were kind of the hyper-religious. And then you had the Sadducees that were, oh, they might have had their superstitions, but they really didn't believe in the supernatural. They didn't believe in the resurrection. And they were more philosophers, uh, materialists, but they were still Jews and part of Jewish culture. So uh, the Sadducees would have been the ones to plant seeds of doubt into a young mind who believed in God, had a spiritual sensitivity and say, ah, you can do all those things and you still won't get to heaven. And at the root of it, this was a young man who was disturbed in his life because he did not have the assurance that he would have eternal life. And he wanted and was willing to do, in his own mind, whatever it took, what can I do? Is there something I can do that if I do this, 
or that or whatever you would tell me, then I can have that deep peace and assurance that I'm going to heaven. What's interesting is that Jesus, first of all, starts off not by uh, immediately answering his question, but he, he challenges this young man and says, why do you call me good? No one is good except God. Now, question, what does Jesus mean by this? Because we believe, as Jesus has clearly stated, I and my Father are one. And that the very basic tenet of, of the incarnation is that God became flesh. So there are some people that on a very light basis come here and say, whoa, Jesus never claimed that he was God. And see, he's even asking here, why, do you, why are you talking to me like I'm uh, good or like God? I'm not. That's not what Jesus said. He merely is pointing out something to this young man who of his own volition did something that, that uh, most Jewish people would not think about doing because he called him good. You are not only the teacher, but you are good. The Hebrew word here is hatov, and it means the good one. And guess who it's talking about in Hebrew? God. God is good. And when I talk about, you know, that in Hebrew that God is good, this is not used as a word like an adjective. Oh, God is, you know, as an adjective, he's very good. Nor is it uh, even a description about God and the way he acts. If you're taking notes tonight, I want you to write this down. It is a title. It's a title. As Jesus is Lord, so God is, as a title, good. That is his position. Yes, of course, it's his nature, it's his character, it's how he acts, how he behaves. In everything that he made, it was good in his creative power, but it's also a title. And it was always attributed to God. And that's why Jesus captures this young man who maybe didn't even think about what he was saying, but he took something that was revered only for God and he applied it to this rabbi that he doesn't even fully yet grasp or know uh, who Jesus is. Now, there are several scriptures. Um, in 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 34 is in your notes. Let's, let's read these several scriptures out loud. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. So I love that scripture. The Lord is, uh, praise to the Lord, he is good, his mercy endures forever. Notice the, the word Lord is capitals, L-O-R-D. That means it's not a, the title Lord, it means the name of God. Yahweh is good. Almighty God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the creator of the heavens and the earth, he is good for his mercy endures forever. Okay, Psalm 34, verse eight, another great scripture. Let's read this out loud. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Now, again, this, when it says, oh, taste and see, that means experience the Lord. And again, notice it's capital L-O-R-D. That means it's Yahweh, the name of God. Oh, taste and see that Yahweh is good, blessed, meaning oh how happy is the man who trusts in him. And then Nahum, the prophet Nahum chapter one verse seven, let's read this out loud. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knows those who trust in him. Means he also knows those who really don't. It's possible to be religious 
And yet you're not, your heart is really trusting in the Lord. It is possible to go to synagogue in Jesus' day or church in our day, but in your heart, you really are not trusting in the Lord or in a relationship with him or giving him to your, your life. You're really kind of what we call being a control freak. I wonder if we have any control freaks among us here tonight. Let me be the first to raise my hand. I like control. If you are a human being, you, it, it is the most innate, strong passion. Give me the wheel, I can take care of it. It's part of how we are made and who we are, but it's gone way too far. At the root of it, it has caused us to be separated from the Lord. So we are now who are saved and on this journey of discipleship and walking with the Lord are learning how, and, and it doesn't, you can't just decide, okay, from now on, I will never take control again, Lord, you're totally, well, I mean, that's a good thing to desire and to pray for, but how many have found it's difficult to do on a daily basis the rest of your life? It's hard. It's something that you therefore learn by experience. Why is it every time I grab the wheel, I crash? And when I let the Lord take the wheel, we stay on the road. Well, after so many getting ran over by the bus of life, there comes a time when you go, maybe my instinct is to grab the wheel. Maybe I'll let the Lord be in charge and control. And he takes you through this very narrow turn. You go, wow, Lord, awesome. We learn not just by being told. How, isn't this true with kids? You tell them, now don't do this. If you do this, you know, and you, you kind of try to make it emotional that you're gonna be displeased with them, but there's also consequences. Uh, if you do this, you're only gonna be hurting yourself. But how many times does it take the combination of the parents' words and then them disobeying and learning by experience, just like mom and dad said, it just failed, it, it fell apart. Now I know, and now I choose to listen to you mom and listen to you dad by my own free will because I have tasted and I have seen that what you said was true. I know from personal experience, and now I listen to you and I believe you because I have tested and found out for myself. In many ways, you know, obviously we, you want your kids to just learn by trusting you. But in the real world, they often learn by hearing your words and then having your words found to be true in life backed up by real life experience. It's very similar in the Christian life. One way or another though, uh, we're going to learn. And may I also say this, life is, is ultimately a, a, a one question test. Even once, okay, now you're saved, you're born again, you've accepted Christ. The rest of your life, you have one lesson uh, to learn. It's really only one question on the test. And that question is, do you trust in the Lord or no? <laughs> and uh, so often we say that we are trusting in the Lord and then we find that we still pull back the wheel into, of control in our own lives. How many found that to be true? Sadly, but true. Guess what, you get to, if you fail the test, this is the good news, you get to take the test again. And guess what? If you fail, no matter how many times you fail, you get to take the test until you pass the test. For the Lord who has committed himself to you, he will perfect that good work which he hath begun. Ultimately, the Lord says, it's, I'm gonna take responsibility. I will conform you into my image and after my likeness. Now we are to be willing participants, 
But ultimately, if you're truly his and born again, he says, I am going to take you and I will lead you and I will guide you and I will teach you and I will let you learn by trusting in me, hearing my words and backed up by your own life's experience that when you trust in me, you're gonna be blessed, you're gonna be happy, you're gonna be fulfilled, life will be good for you and you will overflow with joy and peace and you'll learn that if you don't, uh, you will learn how painful that can be. And many of us have surely felt the pain of our stubbornness in controlling our own lives. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. Pastor Ray's messages continue to reach so many people every day. Every time I hear Pastor Ray teach God's Word on the radio, his love for the Lord is very much evident. He's always excited and he succeeded in passing that excitement to me, which often prompted me to go back to the Lord in prayer, to read God's Word, and to allow the Holy Spirit to lead my life. I'm so thankful for Pastor Ray's life. Messages like that continue to be such a great encouragement to all of us at Maranatha Radio. If you'd like to send a message, just send it to ray at raybentley.com or post a comment online at raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. So Jesus now says to this guy who says, good teacher, he probably just spontaneously being near the Messiah, said, good teacher. And Jesus says, are you calling me good? Here's another way of paraphrasing it. Hey, young man, you just called me good. But we know that in the word, only God is called good. Are you calling me God or equal with God? He wasn't challenging it. He was just having this young man realize what maybe without even thinking, intuitively being in the presence of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, that he felt and that came out of his heart. And uh, so Jesus then, in answer, when he gets finally to the answer of his question, you know, what must I do uh, to have eternal life? And Jesus answered him and, and he says, you know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not commit murder, don't steal, don't bear false witness, honor your father and mother. He doesn't list all 10, but he lists a few of them and in that represents basically what we know of as the 10 commandments. So here's a guy wrestling with wanting to know that I have salvation and that I have the assurance of my salvation. Jesus answers him and says, you know the commandments, and he lists a few of the commandments, follow the commandments. Now on the surface of that, does this contradict what the Apostle Paul teaches and that we all know there in many places, not only Paul, but uh, you know, James and John and Peter and the rest? who teach that no one is saved by following the law. Amen? I mean, that's a very clear doctrine in the New Testament. But now, listen carefully to what I am about to say. Jesus did not say keeping the commandments will guarantee eternal life. Jesus was merely answering this young man's question, what must I do? Jesus said, what must you do? You want to know what you must do, what your Father in heaven wants you to do? He wants you to do the commandments. He didn't say that your ability to follow them will give you eternal life. He just said, your question was, what must I do? You must follow the commandments of God. We can't follow the commandments of God until we enter into that relationship with Jesus, but Jesus is going to go further. 
Now, here's where I want to bring in. Sometimes it's helpful to bring, you know, comparing Scripture with Scripture. I like to say the best uh, commentary on the Bible is the Bible. Comparing Scripture with Scripture. So this is one version of this story. We have another version of this same story between Jesus and the young man in the Gospel of Mark. What must I do? You must do the commandments. Well, we have in the Gospel of Mark, he tells the same story. In Mark chapter 10, verse 21, we read, then Jesus looking at him. So here's another account that Mark tells, looking at the rich young ruler, looking at him, loved him and said to him, one thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come take up the cross and follow me. Jesus invites this young man who was very zealous. He followed Jesus, he was drawn to Jesus. That was the spirit of God drawing him to Jesus. And he had a lot of zeal. I have this restlessness in my heart. What can I do? And Jesus says, here's what you can do. I want you to go sell everything that you have and then come, pick up your cross and follow me. Turn that inner zeal that you have to become my disciple. I used to want more believers and add more believers and, and yes, I still want to see people get saved and come into the family and become believers. And I would give many messages on believe, 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 believe. But then, you know how the Lord raises up scriptures to your eyes and I saw that the Great Commission was make disciples. Now disciples, to be a disciple, you have to begin by being a believer, but a disciple is more than a believer. Because a belief can give you, you know, salvation, but discipleship is a way of life. And it's ultimately where assurance of salvation comes. Not just because you went through, you know, a, a, you said a prayer, you went through some kind of ceremony. If it's not from the heart, it doesn't matter if you said the words, you walk forward, you even got baptized and you put your faith in something external. No, it has to be some, a matter of the heart. And if you believed and were truly born again, then it will become a lifestyle of following Christ. And it will not be easy. You know, it is not easy to be a Christian. How many would say amen to that? It's not easy, guys. And sometimes the impression has been given, oh, just come to Jesus and all these wonderful things happen to you and your life will be easy. No. I don't think there's anything easy when Jesus says, if you want to be my disciple, pick up your cross and follow me. Now, he is speaking uh, metaphorically. Jesus is the only one that died on the cross for our sins. So what does he mean when he says, you pick up your cross and follow me? It means essentially, not that you have to physically get up on a cross. You can't pay for your own sins. You're not good enough. Only Jesus is good. But what you can do is deny yourself. And that's the tough part. I have to deny myself. If I do what I want, when I want, how I want, well, then you're just out in the world. And you will, as you seek to grab life, in the end, you'll lose not only this life, but you'll lose your eternal life. In order to gain life, value, meaning, love, joy, hope, purpose, passion, hope, and the heart of the Lord within you, you must deny your life and your will and your way so that it might be re replaced with Jesus. 
a new creation that is now one with Jesus, that is changed and transformed and broken and tenderized and renewed and now made one with him and bearing the fruit of the Lord. Jesus saying, come, follow me, was his invitation to this young man to be his disciple. And Jesus knew this young man's heart. And so instead of preaching to him about, since Jesus obviously knew this young man and who stood before him, and he knew all about him, trust me, and he knew that he had a problem with money. He knew that this young man had a problem of covetousness. He knew that this young man was extremely wealthy. And Jesus could have started talking to him about covetousness. But he didn't preach to him about covetousness. He merely asked the young man to do something that a covetous person would never do. He didn't say, you're covetous and that's bad and you shouldn't do that. He didn't do any of that. He said, hey, great. You want to have an assurance of salvation? You know what the commandments are? You want to learn how to do it? Come, follow me. Pick up your cross. Oh, and by the way, step number one of denying yourself, just go sell all that rich stuff and then come follow me. And the guy gagged. And then it says because he was very rich and he turned around and he walked away because he was very sad. Now, let me say this. As Jesus asked this young man to do something a covetous man would never do, he exposed him. No one is saved by giving all their wealth to the poor. Nor would I say to you tonight, if you want to have the assurance of salvation, I want you to go write a check, give everything, every dime you've got away, and then you know, follow Christ in that way. Jesus did not ask the other disciples. In fact, no one else that we know of did he quite ask. This was tailor-made for this young man to be a disciple. And the point of the story is, if there is anything that you want to hold on to and say, well, Lord, you can have everything in my life and every area of my life except this is mine. Guess what? The one thing that the Lord wants you to give up. He can have all the other stuff. Go ahead and keep it. That's not what's holding you back. What is holding you back from being my disciple? Is there anything that you don't want to let go of? Anything, any area of control? any vice, any weakness of the flesh that you grasp and hold on to, then let it go and come follow me. As I mentioned, no one is saved just merely by giving their wealth to the poor. You can only be saved when you repent of your sins and come follow Christ. Um, it is not wealth you know, that, that kept this young man from Christ. It was his being possessed by his wealth. Fact of the matter is that there are a number of people in the Bible that were wealthy, that God blessed their whole lives, seemingly didn't deal with them. Abraham is one. Boaz, the famous guy in the story of Ruth, is another one. God never dealt with him about taking that away. And even Job, uh, God blessed and even restored his fortunes afterwards. So it's not having possessions that is wrong. It's being possessed by your possessions. Is there anything that possesses you and that you are a slave to, then let it go and deny that and then come follow Christ. Pastor Ray Bentley pointing out how the Lord is looking for sold out disciples, those who are willing to give it all up for Him. Good insight today here on Maranatha Radio. Today's study is titled, All Things Are Possible with God. 
If you missed any part, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. There at the homepage, there's a place to leave a written tribute to Pastor Ray's life and ministry. And by clicking Media, you'll see the words Watch, Radio, and Devo, three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can arrange to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions each day automatically at no charge, and also link to his YouTube and Facebook pages. Why not bookmark it? RayBentley.com. And then after 30 years on the radio and the passing of Pastor Ray Bentley in early 2022, we're approaching the end of the Maranatha radio program. We'd like to thank you, our dedicated listeners, who've joined us through the years as we've journeyed with Pastor Ray through the Bible. We'll be continuing the broadcast through the remainder of 2023, but we're excited to share that we'll have a dedicated online location to access all of Pastor Ray's content, including video, audio sermons, books, and more. Please visit raybentley.com to follow along with us. But we hope you'll stay with us here on the radio through the end of the year. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in the book of Luke. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.